Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and welcome to season two of the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with strong leaders from all over the globe. Here, you will learn from peers you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolbox. Because whether you're a C-suite executive or a first-time entrepreneur, we all contend with challenges and there's always room for improvement if we choose to seek it. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I have to tell you, I know you guys hear me say this every week, but if you don't know this gentleman today, you're going to want to go connect with him after this conversation. His name is Michael Ray, and I want to tell you a little bit about him. He is the founder of Smile Project Louisville. It's an organization that Mike created, and he wanted to create it to affect attitude and behaviors And he does it because he smiles and engages with strangers. He is the oldest of seven children. And he's the first to tell you that his life has has had some twists and turns. But after 20 plus years in what he calls a tumultuous mortgage industry, the loss of a child and the challenges of a daughter who is nonverbal, And he also went through a divorce. This father of four decided to act on a once dream that resided in his mind and brought to fruition the desire to inspire others through small acts of kindness. His leap of faith has turned into Smile Project Louisville. And you can find him any day on LinkedIn doing an amazing video. He has a perma smile. I swear, I always see him with a smile. He walks up and engages with total strangers on several social media platforms. He is followed. And in my opinion, he is an influencer around the globe. And I just feel honored to have him on the podcast. So Mike, welcome to Imperfect. How are you? Thank you oh, for having me. I'm big fan girl here in Canada. I, I I'm getting goosebumps talking to you. Your your attitude, your mindset, your smile, your behavior, it's so infectious. You are such a gift to this world, my friend. You're too kind. I appreciate the uh the sincerity behind your words and I hear it a lot, but I truly just stay grounded in that. I just try to tell people that I'm just another dude that maybe in some form or fashion has kind of figured out the meaning to life. But thank you. Thank you so much. It's it's sincere. And I think my first leadership question for you will help unpack the, the words of just another guy. You are a vivid visionary. And a lot of people have a dream in their mind and a dream in their heart. Take us back and share with us where you drew the line in the sand to bring your heart-centered leadership to take that dream that was in your thoughts and in your heart, and you turned it into something magnificent. So tell us about Smile Project Louisville. When was the day? And when did you finally say, okay, this is it. I'm just going to do this. Well, you know, I take you back before I started it because 
as as we talked about, um, you know, as it relates to mindset, for me was 2014 in realizing the changes after I had gone through everything. You know, it's kind of like what I call the um, I'll keep it I'll keep it G the crap show, you know, of life realizing that I had to make changes. And a lot of those were wholesale changes on how I looked at life in my mind. And in wanting to create a new mindset, we want it, we want immediacy, but it just doesn't happen. We're on a Friday afternoon going, I'm just going to be a totally new person by Monday. So it really took me years. And when I say years, I think I was preparing my mind and body so that when I had the event, that started Smile Project Louisville in February of 2018, my mind was in a much different place to understand the impact of a singular moment and how that related to the relationship I had with a daughter who can't speak. And that is, you know, when you go through a drive through and not knowing what someone else is going through in life. And for me, you know, again, we're all humans. We, we were laughing about it before we started. I mean, you know, we have moments where we're not perfect. And I was having a bad morning. And it was the interaction with a stranger at a Wendy's drive through that made me feel good in that simplicity. And we do those things through our daily interactions all over the place. But I kind of married how a girl who can't speak, who shows me love through smiling, and how we treat strangers made me feel so alive. So that's when in 2018, I started finding such joy in interacting with strangers in taking pictures. And as we talk about a lot of times, you can find so much more joy and happiness in the simplicity of life. And I found it through people. I, I'm just sitting here smiling at you because... My Irish Nana would say, we're cut from the same cloth. If we find the joys tucked in the corners of each day, they're there. But sometimes we have to take the rose-colored glasses off. And it's just so serendipitous because I returned to hospice today as a volunteer. As I was driving home today, I thought, how serendipitous that I'm coming home from my first exposure back to hospice, which I love chatting with someone and and holding their hand at the end of life. And then I thought, then I'm going to go home and get all juice talking to Mike. So I'm having a great day. (laughs) That's a big amen, baby. (laughs) Well, I just, I love that you lead from your heart. And my next question has permanent residency on the podcast. What imperfections do you think you have brought to your heart-centered leadership? Undoubtedly, because I get so excited to be around people, I do disconnect at time and I'm an awful listener. And I know the importance of good listening skills, but my mind races and I'm fascinated in singular moments in which it's a profound weakness of mine. And I know it. And as I'm on the doorstep of 52, it's something that I've tried to actively work on and probably will never fix. And I try to manage it as well as I can, because as we often say, you know, God gave us two ears and one mouth and probably should listen more. But 
I think in moments with people, I'm, I'm, especially in what I do, I do get so excited and I don't listen well enough, you know, um, and, and I would love to fix it. But I guess on some level, I, I, I'd like to think my, my strengths and my passion and love for people far outweigh my inability to fix my listening skills. But as, as we've grown, and I, and I often say, you know, when we talk about singular dates and things in my life in which I've overcome and looked at it, I often say I'm blessed that I have evolved as a man and father, and I'm not the same person I was five, 10, 20 years ago because I've learned from it. So I, I, I am at 51 a better listener than I've ever been, but it probably still is my greatest weakness. Well, and what I love about that is is I've interviewed uh, so many leaders. We interviewed a hundred last year on season one, and we're we're coming out of the gate to do the same this year for season two. I think it's it's such an openness of vulnerability and transparency when we can say, "Hey, I'm really good at these three things, but I really suck at this one." But you know what? I'm working on it. I think in that ev- in being able to evolve. I'm more willing to understand where my shortcomings are too, and that I know where my strengths and my weaknesses are, and I'm okay to talk about. This leads in beautifully to my third question. So people that are very busy, and I'm going to put you in the gregarious category because that's an understatement. When you are so engaged heart, mind, body, soul, and what you do, like it's visceral for you. Like walking up to a stranger for you, you can have that same kind of heart centered conversation as, as with your BFF or probably a sibling. You own that ability that a lot of people can't do. So my question is, what do you do to quiet that busy mind of yours? Um, You know, I'll give you a real raw example. And that was today. I don't push my faith on people, but I have a ritual of prayer. So I do have calm, quiet moments, whether it's prayer, you know, whether you meditate, whether people are. But for me specifically, it is just that in part of my prayer routine as being a born and raised Catholic, you know, I often laugh and say, we all get our Jesus if you're a fan of God differently, but I'm a Catholic boy. And with that being said, I I visit a specific old Catholic church in Louisville once a week, and today happened to be my day. It's about 170 years old, and there's just something beautiful about it that that's where I calm me down, where I can reflect and, and pray. Well, and it's so important when we're out there doing heart-centered leadership work to take that element of self-care, to model that element of self-care. And I know much like you, I'm a yoga teacher, I meditate, I ride my bike. We all have our things that we like to do, but penciling that time in is so crucial. And I'm sure it's it's where you come up with some of your best ideas. I know it works for me when you can kind of quiet the noise between those two ears. It's, it's a brilliant space to be. And I think it's vital for leaders. Very much so. It's if, if it isn't that first, it's it's probably working out and whether I'm walking or in the gym and doing things. And it's that alone time to where I often feel things. It, it is very important. We all do that regardless of where we are in our journey. 
hundred percent. And and you've heard me say it over and over again. Leadership belongs to everybody. So my last question is: Have you ever approached a stranger with your initiative and haven't been well received? And if so, what happened? Because I know you could beautifully turn it around. Share with us since you started in 2018 a mishap or someone who actually surprised you with the reaction. And you know what? It's an interesting question. And I have not been asked that question often. But the answer to that is yes. Um, and I don't know the exact number, but if I had to pencil it in, I would easily tell you that I've done from a video standpoint and random acts of kindness, easily 300 of them. If you add pictures, I've probably interacted with well over five, 600 people only one time, truly one time. And I'll never forget it. It was actually Christmas of 2019 before COVID. And you can't make it up. I was, I was dressed as an elf and we tried to drop a random act of kindness and in a lot of cases locally, when I've traveled to do it, a lot of times they're very, very random in that I don't know who the person is and I just find the where. But in Louisville, a lot of people reach out to me and give me names and stories and such. But again, it was December of 2019. We'll never forget it. I walked into a retail store. The person actually held the door for me and I saw the name tag. And I lit up and, and what I tell people when I do what I do, I only get one opportunity because it's, it's, it's just real in the moment. And I got excited because I stumbled on this person. And as I did, of course, we video, we video for the impact and an influence it has on others. And she immediately shut us down, which was okay. It's the only person that's ever shut me down. But then we went into who we were and what we were trying to do. And then she got insanely standoffish, started cursing us out. And <laughs> I laughed again in trying to diffuse the moment. And I was like, well, can I at least give you a hug? And she wanted no part of it. And we just said in that moment, we turned around, walked away, got to the car. And I'm blessed with the fact that a woman in my life, my love, videos about 95% of what I do. So she was there that day. But when we got to the car, we had a moment. We turned to each other and we laughed about it. We were like, oh, my gosh, did that just happen? But it goes back to what I said earlier in which what was going on in her world and her mind and that's sometimes it's how we go about treating people because we don't know what people are going through. Thankfully, it's the only singular moment of all the ones that I've done to where it went absolutely sideways. We got cursed out and I was dressed as an elf. And, Tights and, and all. And I, and I can see you dressed as an elf. <laughs> I, and I truly, I, I have a saying I say, probably more than I should. And I was like, well, you can't make that up. That just happened. Well, and, and I love the way you framed it. I love that you were allowed to laugh at it and we have to, but I think what I, I really embrace the most out of that story is your willingness to what I call sit in the observer's chair. 
we don't know what was going on in her life that day. I was gifted uh, a few cases of gratitude journals a few summers ago. And my first thought was, what am I going to do with all these? And I, I did a similar thing to you. And I just thought, I'm going to randomly give them out to people that I, you know, encounter yeah. in my day. And out of four cases, there was only one woman. And it was in the drive through at A&W. And I probably like you, I said who I was. I wasn't selling anything. And I, and I was gifted these beautiful journals. And I wanted to gift her one. She wanted no part of me, my journal. She couldn't get that food out the window quick enough and she closed the, the drive through window. And I was just like, I'm just going to give her a little blessing and I hope she has a great day because we don't know what we don't know. And that, that can be a thought assigned to so many things in our life. So I think if you and I have only got one out of many, I think it shows that the world needs us. I don't disagree. And I, I like to think inherently most, if not all people are good. And in those moments, I try to keep that mindset of it's a singular moment and something is going on in their world and their space to why they've acted like that. So, but you're right. Yeah. It's Thankfully we, we've only had singular moments. Well, and, and, you know, I, I want to challenge you. I, uh, I sent a letter to Dr. Patch Adams. Have you ever seen that movie? I have the the red nose. Most certainly that was Robin Williams. Yep. I would love to see you and Dr. Patch Adams connect on video. He is in Urbana, Illinois, and he hand writes back a response to everyone that writes him. And you remind me of him. I love the, the grit and the tenacity you bring to the wholeness and the funness of your encounters. So I I'm putting that out there as, as an intent for you, because I would love to see you two get together. He's an incredible man. And like I said, I'm, I'm hoping to get up, get him on the show one day, but what you bring to strangers, he brings to, to really sick and terminally ill children. Yeah, it's um, he he has a gift. So I think um, you need to do a road trip to his Gesundheit Institute in Illinois. Which Urbana, you know, I mean, I'm I'm only a few hours from Illinois, so I would just say it's it's probably not more than three to five hours from where I live. I, I would love to see that. So yeah, I'm putting yeah. that out there. It's what when I started this. And what a lot of people don't understand, because more often than not, they first don't do the work to change their life. And then when they start doing it, they don't think it's going to impact anybody else because they're just one. So when you mention people like Patch Adams and, and even myself, I have grown to understand the power of one. It's it's mind boggling, you know, so I, that's why I often go back to and just say I'm a dude. I wanted to create change and then created the change, but the power that it has in multiplicity is overwhelming. It's, it's humbling. Absolutely. I'm going to switch gears and ask you my, my fab four, just four fun okay. questions. We want to know yeah. what's on the top of that happy, smiling mind of yours. Tell us something that we don't know about you. You know, I, I'll tell you something a little off. I love music. And my music goes by mood. 
And there's probably not many people who could tell you that, you know, I could go to the gym and listen to an hour of Metallica, but I also like to lay on the deck at night and listen to Sting and Michael Buble. <laughs> Absolutely. I have an insane love for both. Yeah. Absolute polar opposites, but it's all about environment and mood. Yeah. One gets me amped up. The other one is just super relaxing. Yeah. Well, and I mean, who doesn't like a good Metallica playlist at the gym? I, I'm so with you. But then, you know, you want to sit out on the deck and Michael Buble with a glass of wine or whatever. But then when, I, when I'm in, so for me in Kentucky, I, I always like to spin this because we love the brown water here. 97% of the world's bourbon comes from the state of Kentucky. So usually for me, it's 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 a little bit of bourbon. But, but that my, my night deck time, especially in the summer, it is just that it's it's Sting, it's it's Michael Bublé, it's Frank Sinatra, it's Seal, it's calming. Yeah, it's the chill you playlist, know. not the pop. Yeah, it, but that's the beauty of music, right? Stews like, my soul. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Okay, second question. Finish this sentence for me. Heart-centered leadership is leading with love, finding the ability to unconditionally love. You know, you talk about Patch and having a gift. I like to think I'm not perfect, but parts of me are excellent. And those parts of me that are excellent is the ability to not judge. And therefore, when you don't judge, you can find a place of love. And love can be in the same sentence as leadership. And I, I love hearing that definition from you. And I'm not Yeah, surprised. because, you know, with leadership, and we hear it a lot, you know, but I, I think for me is, you know, the love to see others do well and succeed. This is not a competition. It's not a competition and it's not a transaction. Yeah. It's a relationship. Very much so. Love that. Okay, third question. Is there a book that you have read or that you might be reading right now that really impacted you or the way you do things with your initiative out in the community with strangers that you would share with us? So what's fascinating about me is that I don't read books, but I read. I read small snippets from profound people. And there was a gentleman that had a profound impact on me. I, I often go back and say there's two people. When I wanted to change who I was, the first person was the insanely crazy Gary Vaynerchuk because he really promoted mindset and passion and doing the work and doing what you love and not worrying about the money aspect of it, finding joy and happiness, and that will come. And then that intersected with the guy by the name of John Gordon, who's all about positivity and how that impacts leadership. And I think the reason why I say, again, talking about weaknesses, the reason why I don't read, and when I say I don't read, I don't curl up for a book for two to three hours, but I read paragraphs and snippets and probably individual pages of profound things people have written from their books. But I saw John Gordon speak live. And I think in my life, there were certain milestones of which, again, as I was preparing my mind to do this, 
I saw him about a year and then I started following him on social media and he kept, even though he's written, I don't know, 10, 12 books, I kept consuming his positive content and that helped form my mind, you know, as well. So um, he, he's a very dynamic speaker. And again, it's, it's just about how we look at things in life. So it's not an individual book, even though he's written so many, but I've probably read things from all 12 of his books, but just not one book through. No, and I I think a lot of people can say that. And again, not everybody wants to sit down and read a book. It's not for everybody. And I, I think I go in phases much like you do. And when you are a positive person and that's your chosen daily mindset, being able to read a paragraph or a page or I know every day on LinkedIn, I can go to your post and I do, I take at least little snippets of 15 minutes throughout my day to go on LinkedIn and support colleagues or Facebook. And I stop every day and I always watch you and I watch Dr. Cartwright because it's always fun stuff. And it's love Dr. Charlie Cartwright, right? We're giving him a shout out here because his, uh, his dash cam wisdom is super fun. And even and I, I'm proud to say I got him in a moment. I said, I've watched enough of your videos. I said, I know the free world who watches you want to see. It doesn't matter. It's not relevant because we love your wisdom, but we want to see the kind of car you're getting into. <laughs> right. It, it needed a video one day of actually getting into the car yeah. just because it's kind of like his office. We want to see what the space you're climbing into. Well, I sent him one of my self-care isn't selfish t-shirts because i just wanted to add to his cool wardrobe of, of he does t-shirts. have a lot of amazing teams yeah but i mean yeah. this is the beauty of linkedin and building relationships and having fun and supporting each other so i i love that you share where where your mindset and continued mindset you grow from from hanging out with those that that help you lift and rise but keep you in that mindset and know that you are one of those people for me yeah well thank you okay my last question what is one thing that you would like our listeners to remember about you? You actually can be so happy that when someone else sees you in that singular moment, they become happy too. It is that simple. It's real. It's, it's science. It is that easy. But yet you have to want to do it when you pass a stranger. I, I, I did one recently, and it was the first one that I've ever done. I didn't know the who, but I wanted to bless a housekeeper at a hotel I was staying at in Texas. And I got a woman who didn't even speak English, but she could feel it. And that is what people feel in these singular moments is the simplicity of how we look at people can make them come alive. I think what frames it for me from listening to you kind of explain that is we have a choice because happiness is not a destination. If we could just embrace the day with love and joy and being happy and enjoy the journey of life, that is the gift here. It's like when I go to hospice, I have lots of people say, how can you go there? It's depressing. 
I'm like you down the halls with my positivity and energy. Those people are there to their last breath and they're going to laugh and be happy until the last breath. And if you're gifted to be part of something like that, you make every second, not moment, second count. I got a beautiful discussion this morning with a woman named Olga. And she asked me to help her get dressed. And she wanted to go sit in the dining room and look out the window. Pretty easy things to do. And it it grounds me, much like you in embracing these strangers. I know it grounds you. Like I, I join you on a visceral level and I get it. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show. And you know what? One of the simple questions that I ask people in these moments when I do the random acts of kindness is because I believe because I found a place where I didn't love who I was, where my life had no value, is that one simple question. And I ask them, what makes you amazing? And it's so real in the moment. And I often say, because it is that real, the first thing that comes to mind is truly what people are fascinated about. And when you talk about end of life situations, it makes me think of that because even though you're there, it doesn't mean you still can't find happiness in the simplicity of enjoying small moments. Yeah, absolutely. You were a big moment for me today. Well, likewise, baby. Give you a I, hug. I, virtual <laughs> hug, virtual high five. Right, know. all the above. Insanely blessed that um, you created this opportunity and, and wanted me in your world with your people. So thank you so much. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I'm Deb Crow. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. And I'd love it if you'd visit my website at debcrow.com, where you can sign up for my newsletter and get access to the Heart-Centered Leadership Toolkit, all free of charge. Thanks for your time, and we'll see you again.